Blessings. This is Pastor Walter and Maribel Arias welcoming you to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. We hope this time is a blessing for you. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. Enjoy the message and embrace what the Lord has for you. This week's episode, titled Emmaus, The Road of Life, by Pastor Walter Arias. Let's listen to the message, and may God bless you. In spite of the situation or circumstances, because the battle is yours, great God, the creator of heaven and earth, the mighty God and wonderful God, the one that has overcome darkness and death, spiritual death. Let us sing victory, Lord, because in you we can do all, Lord, because you're the one that sustained us in the bad day, in the day of persecution, in the day of anguish. And even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, we shall not fear any evil, because you are with us, Lord. And in this day, Lord, we celebrate your resurrection on the cross of Calvary. Wonderful God, a promise from the living God, the anointed one, the anointed one to come to this earth to die on a cross, the just for the unjust, and who promised that he would resurrect on the third day. And as you have resurrected Christ, then we, Lord, have the hope of life. Thank you. Thank you, Lord for dying and for resurrecting because there our faith is founded, Lord, that you are in charge of everything and that you walk on our, by our side and you have come to govern within ourselves with power. And in this day, Lord, I ask together with the whole church, wherever they may be, so that your presence, your powerful presence come to every place, touch every afflicted heart, touch every heart that is Afraid, every heart that is mourning. Today we remember those that have died in this pandemic. Today we remember those that have died for other causes as well of sicknesses, Lord. Today we come before you, Lord. And we place the afflicted, the families that are in pain, so that you could comfort them all. And we give you all the glory and the honor and we ask that this service that you fill it with your glory Lord that this service you fill it with your presence Lord there in their homes everyone minister to them that your power that your word be powerful to touch all of us Lord in the name of Jesus amen and there in your house then give an applause to the king of kings Because Jesus is not dead, he is alive. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I want to take advantage of this moment to greet you who are there at home. And for those that are maybe in a workplace or wherever you may be watching, we invite you there that you receive this word. And how good it is that we could connect spiritually. Because that spiritual part is transcendental in our existence, we're triune beings, body, soul, and spirit. And of course, our body can be in any place. Our soul, those thoughts, and those feelings, we have to guard them in the midst of this tribulation and pain. But the spiritual part that's connected with God and connected in any place where you may be. And there we want to bless all 
in the that are in all different places and countries asking that today you celebrate and hoping that you rejoice with the whole church of Jesus Christ all over the world for the transcendental event and wonderful event that has been pro- prophesied upon him of the resurrection of the Christ of Jesus. And I want to share in this morning a portion of the word that has to do with two men that were on the road to Amos, according to scripture. And even though you don't know much about Amos, I do want to share of those two and of the Lord Jesus that appears to them on that way. And today's topic has as a title, Amos, the road of life. And you there are going to be finding in your in your Bible, wherever you may be, please find in your Bible, the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to Luke in chapter 24 and verses 13 to 32. Luke chapter 24 from verses 13 to 32. And you're going to position yourself there and let us read and allow me. This is a good scripture. And it brings to memory completely, and it has a beautiful theology, in fact, and a biblical story because it's condensed there. So please pay attention. And it says, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Amos, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, And they talked together, I'm sorry, of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed in reason that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes. And certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of these, of those who were with us, went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But him they did not see. Then listen well to what this says. Then he said to him, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken? Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, 
and broke it and gave it to them. Then, and read now, verse 31, read it with me. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And then they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? This topic of Amos, the road of life, is very important because this this history starts in the same instant of the resurrection time. And the two men... Cleopas is the name of one, but we don't know the name of the other, of the many disciples that he had. But they tell the story very clearly, a story of how all the things that had happened in Jerusalem, what was about Jesus and what they had heard of the resurrection. Because not only did they say to him, that Christ was going to be resurrected, but they also said, they said, today is the third day since these things have happened. Very interesting. Two men that were unmotivated, with their head held down, in their heart anguish, in the same day of resurrection. So why is this word important? This word is important because it reminds us a historical truth, which is the foundation of our faith, and it's that Jesus resurrected. Without the, Christ, without the death of Christ on the cross of Calvary and without the resurrection, then we don't have faith. Our faith as a believer is founded on the truth that Jesus came to die for us, for the sinners, for those who want to accept him as their Lord and Savior, and that he resurrected within the dead. There, our faith is founded. Without resurrection, then our faith is in vain. We would be worthy of the people could then say oh what faith that is so small what faith that is so poor those that the believers that are christian have but our faith is founded in a historical fact in a event that there was witnesses scripture says that there was more than 500 witnesses there listen well that they saw jesus they saw him after the resurrection and the first thing that i want to touch upon my beloved friend where you may be is the point the road of life. That's why the topic today has Emma's The Road to Life. But when I talk about the road of life, I want to center the teaching on verse 15 of this chapter of Luke 24. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So I asked myself, where were they going? Well, Scripture says that they were going to Amos, to a region close to Jerusalem. And what were they doing? In their life, in their life, they were, we could say, their circular life. They had their jobs. They had come to Jerusalem as good Jews to participate of the uh, religious uh, festivities of Passover, of course. But then they were returning back to their life, of, that life continues. And this is very important to understand because all of us that have faith in Jesus Christ, all of us that have faith, we also have a secular life. We have a life that we're going to go working, a life where we're going to study, a life where we have to buy, a life where we have to negotiate, a life where we attend a family. So our life is is not encased only in our faith in Lord Jesus Christ. But our hope in life, that part, that spiritual that we manage, but we also walk in life. So we have a daily living. And they had their daily living. 
And what calls to my attention is that they said they mentioned the third day where there was a promise for them. And they decide to go on the road to life and the road of life. Many things happen in the scenery we see. What happens to them and what happens to us, tasks that we have, we have challenges, we have social commitments, we have financial commitments. They were people just like ourselves with all their commitments in their road of life, on their road to Amos. But there's something wonderful that Jesus proved that afterwards would serve assuredly as a testimony to those other disciples, to the 11 disciples that were in Jerusalem, to those that we spoke of the disciples, the principal group, which are the apostles. And why do I say that something wonderful happened? Because when they were walking towards Amos, Jesus draws close to them on that road. So he comes to where they are. He reaches them in their path, in their daily living. He reached them. And Jesus afterwards... On the third appearance, when he appears to the disciples for the third time, which you all know, he commissions the disciples saying there in one of the texts of Matthew, he certifies, he says, therefore, go to all the nations and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all the things that I have shown you. And he said a portion that is very special in verse 19. And I will be with you all the days till the end of the age. Analyze. Those words of Jesus was on the third appearance to the disciples. In this first moment where he appears to these two disciples that are on the road to Amos, he appears, and it comes to my mind, that because they ran afterwards to the disciples and they said we saw Jesus, that Jesus had appeared to them, it was as a testimony when Jesus then afterwards says to the disciples, to the eleven, that I will be with you all the days until the end of the age. Almost like Jesus saying, hey, ask Cleopas if it's not true or not, and to the other disciples that it's true, that I will be with you because I already did it with them, and I will be with you as well. I am a truthful God. I'm a God of promise, a God of covenants, a God that doesn't fail, a God that says and fulfills. And with this, my beloved friend, where you may be, I want to say that on that road of life, Jesus has promised to be with those of us who have accepted him as Lord and Savior of our lives. On that road of life, there's different types of roads. There's roads that are that are easy, and there's roads that are dangerous and rough. And today we could say, you with me can be in an accordance that we're in a time where the things are not easy on a world level, that life has changed, that has become a road that is tough, a, a, a road of stumbling, a road that is stony, because in this moment, as we say, is upside down, everything upside down, society that we know, the conduct of the human being, the behavior, his social part, his commercial part, his lifestyle, his road to Amos has changed completely, has been transformed. There's a road that is stony, that is difficult, that is threatening, that brings a lot of fear because it's what we're living on a worldwide level and perhaps you're home, assuredly, and you're there because here, present, you're not because you're confined to a physical space because the government and the world government has said that we have to stay home. That plague of death 
That virus is threatening in this moment the road to Amos, our road, our daily life. But I want to say to you, my brother and sister, that is in the faith in Jesus Christ, we have to be and stay with the promise of what Jesus said, that he will be with us all the days until the end of this age. And when he says all the days until the end of the age, he's speaking of all the days. And something here is very important to understand. There's a book that we teach in this mission. It's a book of Umberto Lay, The Discipleship, Tools for Every New Believer. And in that book, there's a lesson in lesson one, my new life in Christ. And I challenge you to buy the book if you don't have it and that you could study it. My new life in Christ. And there's a special topic. The writer teaches the following on what do we found our life? What do we place it on? On emotions or facts? Lesson number one of the book of discipleship from the author Umberto Lay. So on feelings or facts in this lesson, it shows us by scripture that our faith as a believer, we cannot base it or found it, our life on emotions or circumstances. Because the circumstances and the emotions will come and go. We have to found it on the facts. What facts? On the reality of Scripture. What does Scripture say? It cites that the Son of God was going to come. That God placed a perfect plan for humanity, for salvation. For what salvation? From the salvation, from the wrath of God. And not from the virus of coronavirus. No, but the salvation of the wrath of God. Not from a sickness or an accident, but the eternal salvation, which is the saving grace. It was promised in the book from Genesis, the promise is there. And through the Bible, we could see the promise of the Messiah, the coming Messiah. And then we see the historical register in the book of Acts. Actions that Jesus came. And as such, he fulfilled the prophecies. And so if we fulfill the prophecies, then our life has to be founded in the truth that Christ said and Christ does. He said, I will be with you all the days to the end of the age. So then I ask you, based on that fact, that biblical fact, that historical register of that promise of the person who does not lie. So then I would ask, then is G- is God with me today on the road to uh, um, Amos? Dangerous because of the scarcity of finances, because of the chaos that has happened or maybe can happen. And forgive me, but there's a probability that the things, the situations can even get worse. And when then when there's a part financially that's missing in the majority of homes, you have to remember what the word says that Jesus says, I will be with you wherever you may be on your daily road, on your road to MS. Doesn't matter the circumstances, doesn't matter the situations, it doesn't matter your emotions. I will be with you, is what the Lord is saying to you in this morning. Take that word in your heart. I am with you. How important it is to have this truth in the heart. Because as a believer, and and I feel a lot for those that don't know Christ yet, that they've only heard about him, that they've heard about him by tradition. But how good is that today you may know him and you could receive him today. He that says that I will be with you in spite of, in spite of the sickness, on your deathbed, in anguish, in your 
any situation as the apostles registered this, as the apostle Paul would say, I could do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And we look at the context where he was going through a difficult situation and where there was a scarcity, a financial scarcity. And he could say, I am happy. I know how to live well when I have a lot and I know how to live when I have nothing because I can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So if you have not accepted Jesus, then today's a good opportunity that you may open your heart to Christ and say, I need that peace and I want that promise. I want to have you in my heart. But this word is also for the believers. My beloved brother and sister, wherever you may be, if you're a believer, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today I ask you, what are you basing your face on then? That you have finances or not? So your life is sadness or problems and anguish because you have no money? Is your life sad and poorness because one day they took away your car or you had to surrender something? Or maybe you will have to surrender something because of this pandemic? Or are you going to base your life on the fact that Jesus came and died on the cross of Calvary for you to give you eternal life? And while you go through this valley of the shadow of death, which is this earth, it says that you don't have to have any fear because he is with you. Where are you going to base your life? On your road to Amos, on the road to life. A promise from the Lord. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And he says, take ease, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And he also says, the peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And and look, of the lesson in the discipleship of Umberto Lake and the spiritual tools for spiritual growth. Listen well, not the peace that the world gives you. What's the peace that the world gives us? If we have finances, analyze that. If we have money, if we have a roof, if we have a car, we're, we're fine. How sad that my life is only based on something that comes and goes and that could be corrupted, could be damaged, that, that they could oxidation could take away. It finishes, it wastes away. But how important that my faith is founded that in Jesus says, I will be with you and my peace I will give to you. How important it is that the believer is truly with God and and has put God in his heart and has allowed him to govern. There'll be a difference between one type of believer and the other. And before this one, that is not a believer because the one who is not a believer lives in a desperation, lives in an agony. Their life is founded on what they can reach, what they can achieve with their hands, what they can acquire. And the one who's a believer, there's two types of believers. There's the one that is spiritually mature and there's the one that acts like a child. The one that acts like as a child still depends on if they have resources or not. But the one who is spiritually mature knows that even though a situation comes, that even though a difficulty comes, they're going to maintain themselves. Listen well. Immovable. They're not going to move from one of that truth. Whatever may come, but Christ is with me in my heart, and my joy is founded on the truth that he died for me. There's a great difference there. The question then for you, my beloved brother and sister that is home, wherever you may be, who are you founding your faith on this road to life, or road of life, to your Amos? And there's some biblical text that I want to cite there. And my God shall supply, the Apostle Paul says to the church in Philippi, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. 
What a beautiful teaching. Get in with Jesus Christ because everything. Eat that Passover lamb. Get in with the Passover lamb. Receive well Christ in everything. And it says that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Another text, Matthew eleven twenty eight, which is very well known. It's the basic or the foundating text where God of covenants as a church is founded on locally. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And you may say to me, Pastor, you have said these texts many times. And I will say, of course. And I will continue saying it. Because my responsibility is to make you understand of a word that is true. A word that does not change. A promise that does not change. And if I have to continue saying it, then the second topic that I'm going to get into. And that's the second topic that is the perseverance of grace. So then... And this topic of Amos, the road of life, we have seen to the moment now that that road of life is your daily living that we all have, where Jesus comes and draws to us, and he comes to us with a purpose. And in the second topic that we're speaking, which is the perseverance of grace, and and you can say, Pastor, how is the perseverance of grace? I'm going to say it in the following text, but I want you to play Pay much attention, wherever you may be. Remember that those disciples already knew Jesus. Cleopas already knew Jesus. And the other one that was with him, that is not, uh, his name is not mentioned. And those were part of the 120. So those people knew Jesus. They were with him. They walked with him. They were participants of his miracles. They were participants of the glory of God, of the wonderful works of the signs and wonders of Jesus. So they already believed. They had been indoctrinated in the death and in the resurrection of Jesus because they themselves say it in that text on the road to Amos and that conversation that they're having of he who had resected and it's already the third day. And look at what happens. How the grace perseveres with them. It says there in Luke 24, verse 25 to 27. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart, to believe, to what? To believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses, the Pentateuch, and beginning at Moses and continuing all the prophets, the major prophets and the minor prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now pay attention. And I ask you then, did they know Jesus? Yes or no? According to the Bible, they walked with Jesus. According to the Bible, they participated of miracles. They were part of that 120. If something that they had is that they lived with Christ, they already knew him. But what do I see here? A grace persevering in them. When that grace, when did it persevere? When they became unmotivated, when they entered into anguish, when they allowed their emotions to govern more than their spiritual life, when they were more flesh than spiritual. And that part of carnality, of sadness, of agony, we have to understand them too, because they 
Those two were with Jesus. They were part of the 120. They had been commissioned to go. They knew the glory of God. They have seen it with their own eyes. They had been with him. And now, when one dies, when what happened in their hearts is that they enter into the emotional part where the things that their eyes saw, they no longer see. And what they experience now, they don't experience. And then agony enters. In that agony, they have these thoughts as these. And that's my way of seeing this. Hmm. We invested so much time in him. Three years, two years, I don't know, when they were called. But we invested so much time. And we wasted that time. We lost it. We lost that time in our evangelistic campaigns. We lost that time in all that we did. When we saw the miracles, signs, and wonders, all that was a dream. So that emotional part where I could say as a pastor and I could cry upon the chairs of the sanctuary because they're empty. And I could say, oh, everything was in vain. As if the pastors and the ministers and all people that is respected in the gospel and that represent God, that we start to cry and say, and say, then all that we invested, all the land that we bought and the time that it was to construct this temple was in vain. No, today I could say by this word, I could say it has not been in vain to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to preach the name of Jesus Christ. If he wants to do more, then he does more. And if he doesn't, then he doesn't. But for the moment, we rejoice and delight ourselves in what has been done. These men went through a difficult time because there was anguish within them. And that grace had to reach them again. Because if something happens in our lives, when we are lacking money, when we have a matrimonial uh, part, uh, problem, or when we have a child that is misbehaving, something that happens is that we want to dwindle in our faith. And that happens to a lot of believers. And the Word of God teaches there in a parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13 verses 20 and 21 is the explanation of the parable of the sower and I'm just going to recite this because there's four types of terrain the good terrain the Satan the, the walk where Satan takes away that and the stony ones and the spines you could know it well but there in Matthew 13 verse 20 to 21 it says but he who received the seed on stony places. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. He receives the word with joy. He receives the gospel with joy. He accepts Jesus with joy, dances, jumps with joy, and he participates of the service with joy. Then verse 21 says, Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation Say with me, tribulation, wherever you are, say tribulation or persecution arises because of the word. Immediately he stumbles. So Jesus here is persevering in the grace in those two men, because these two men, they typify this text. They're people that have believed in Jesus, that have walked with Jesus, that saw the miracles of Jesus. But in the moment where what happened, the arrest, the crucifixion of Jesus and the darkness come and the veil is ripped and torn in two and the temple is broken everything that happened and they feel persecuted because they're persecuted from then on so when they come how do they come with their heads down sad in their road to amos in their daily life and the grace reaches them again wow what a beauty the grace reaches them in that road. Perseverance of God in the heart of a human being. And I want to say to you, there that is home, because I don't know where you're watching or who you are. 
But there's a person that perhaps there, and maybe it's you, that today connected with this channel, today you're present in the spirit with us in this word, and that God is calling you to salvation, and on your road to life, Christ is drawing near to you on the road of the pandemia, on the road of the circumstances, on the road where they, where you lost your job, on the road where you think, how am I going to pay for this, on this road of your daily life today. Christ is drawing close to you through this servant, through this word, and is saying to you, I am here. Are you going to open the door to Jesus of the door to your heart, you're going to let him enter or you're going to continue rejecting him? Because I see there a persevering grace, assuredly, that someone invited you to congregate. Someone said to go to service, a Christian service. Someone told you to read the word that gave you a biblical tract. I don't know. But I think that today is persevering with you once again. And I refer also to the believers, to those believers, especially like that have small root that are founded more on their emotions, on their feelings, than on the scriptural truth. And the grace, once again, is coming to you and saying, I'm on the road in this moment of your life. Take advantage of the grace. Take advantage of the grace, you that are being connected with this with the Spirit for the first time. But take advantage of the grace, you that is a believer as well. And I think that God with this touches the fiber of everyone. If something I see in this moment is a society and a humanity that is surrendered and waiting for a miracle, because in a time of war, in a time of affliction, every atheist becomes a believer. It's the moment where perhaps you have denied the faith so much and you don't want to know anything about God and never wanted to, but today grace is drawing near to you. The mercy of God is touching you in this pandemic, in this social change. Jesus speaks of the afflictions and tribulations there. In John 16, he says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I want to finish this topic with the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 4, so you could find it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 12. And I hope where you are at home taking note of this because this can suit you for your faith. And it says there, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Look at how interesting this text is. Maybe the application I'm going to give you, maybe you never heard. This text, we always use it to speak how good that the man is not alone, that he takes a woman and he gets married. Another, how good it is to to be in a place and to make exercises in a gym because alone you're unmotivated but if you have a person joining you then you're motivated then yes and in a work it's better to do work with one than by yourself we understand that but I want you to receive it in this way and listen well those two represent represent one on the road to Amos on the road of life and they represent a spirit what spirit? The spirit of affliction. 
They were going sad with their head down, unmotivated, depressed, without hope. And they were going, those two represent one. But on the road to Amos, one drew close to them. And Christ was the one that drew to them. And this text also means something else. It's better to be in this life on this earth and our daily life with Christ than to be walking without Christ. Woe to those that walk without Christ. Woe to those who have rejected the grace. Woe those that have left the opportunities to, that they were told so much. Congregate, learn, memorize, study, read, record it, read Read and read. Woe to those have not that have not embraced that grace because in this moment they could find themselves alone with the spirit that these two had, a spirit of sadness and agony, that spirit of what's going to happen. But when we have Christ Jesus, he is the one that knows what's going to happen. So today I motivate you to accept Jesus Christ. If you're the ones that have accepted him, then embrace him of everything and allow that grace to persevere. Then... It embraces. Are you with me? Do you receive it at home? And I want to finish with the last point. The determiner of Scripture. The determiner of Scripture. To recapitulate or to resume. Amos, the road of life. And we have seen as such that on the daily life, the second is the perseverance of grace. How Christ comes to the disciples and he cites, recites the scripture. He recites the story from Moses through all the prophets there. He teaches them to ratify them. And so that the grace, grace grabs them well. But the third point, the determiner of scripture, the grace perseveres in us through scripture. When this, your server here, or when we were present, if one day we're together again, when he says, bring your Bible, it's not to be stubborn, but I ask myself, is maybe are you stubborn because you still have not embraced it? You know the difference that I see? That those that of us that read the Bible and then the Christian that doesn't read the Bible, there's a great difference. And that's the faith in the moment of the trial. That word is a determiner. The scripture is a determiner because it fuels the heart. Verse 32, and they said to one another, listen well, when they came to and they arrived at Amos, they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while we talked, while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Look at what they're saying. If there's something that scripture does, it revives your heart. It fuels the heart. And I want to ask you who are home, take advantage of the days that are bad. I'm not saying not to watch television or not watch your programs of YouTube because that's what there's there. Glory to God. That you don't do a little bit of exercise in your garage or whatever you have to do fixing your house. But don't stop reading the Bible in your house. Don't stop bowing and bending down on your knees. Don't be insensitive. This is a time to seek God. This is a time to affirm ourselves in the faith. This is not a time to be thinking that nothing is happening. This is a truth that is happening, that something is happening that is threatening in a great scale. And when I say in a great scale, it's greater than what you and I can understand and see in the news. And you're not going to persevere in the scripture? You have to persevere in the scripture, my beloved brother and sister and listener that are there, because the scripture fuels the heart. Scripture testifies that Jesus, if something that Jesus did, 
He persevered the grace in them, bringing to their memory the scripture, what Moses had said in the prophets concerning himself. So when you read the Bible, the Bible revives you. It fills you. It fills your mind and, and takes out those thoughts of sadness, of desperation, and all these things that are happening. And I want to conclude in this morning. Two types of people in front of the screen. In front of the screen, there's two types of people. Ones where grace is drawing to them, where God is touching their hearts. To those that through this word are being moved, that through this pandemic they're being called, through the scarcity and the threat they're being called, God uses circumstances to speak to you. To you, if you are the ones that God is drawing close to you and you're listening to this sermon, to this word, I want to say to you that Christ is knocking on the door of your heart. And there, with all, I'm going to invite you to consider if you're a sinner or not. If you're a sinner of thought, of word, or of deed, or of omission, you could have done what was good, but you didn't do it. Then it's counted as sin. But let me say that grace is coming close to you today on that road to Amos, on that road to the pandemic of scarcity, of, of sadness, of threatening, of whatever it may be. Today, Jesus is coming close to your heart. The word of God says that if someone hears my voice and opens the door, I will enter with him and dine with him. And I invite you there that you make a prayer and say, Lord Jesus, today I recognize that I'm a sinner, that I have lived my life as I wanted. But today, in this my daily walk and how I find myself, I ask for forgiveness for my sins and I give you my heart. Thank you for giving me eternal life and my the forgiveness of my sins and to giving me peace between God the Father and myself. And if you've lifted this prayer, I believe that you have passed from spiritual death to life. And allow me, and I include you with this, with the rest of the listeners that are behind the screen, that we make this prayer. But before it, affirm yourself in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. The grace is coming close to you once again, that you're listening to this word, where Jesus is coming to remind you of the scriptures, to say that I am with you. I am the Christ. I am the one that was sent. I am the anointed one. I am the one that is, I am the Christ that is almighty in the midst of the pain, sadness, and of tribulation. He is saying, don't fear because I am with you. Let us pray. Good God, we give you thanks. Thank you because you have allowed us Lord, today to be receiving your word. Thank you, Lord, because you have drawn close to our hearts to love us, to forgive us, and to save us from the coming wrath and the wrath of God, to give us peace with heaven. Thank you, because you come so that we can have peace in the middle of tribulation, in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of scarcity, in the middle of pain. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Because you are the God of mercy that died on the cross for us and that resurrected and said, I will return and I will take you together with me. And because of that promise, we give you thanks. And I bless all those listeners there that are in their homes 
or wherever there may be, all the people there, those that are watching for the first time and have opened their hearts to you so that you could continue ministering to them, Lord, and saving that soul and giving them a growth in the word and affirming their faith. And for all the believers that have invoked your name on world level so they affirm themselves in the faith that is scriptural and they don't get affirmed in their feelings or circumstances or emotions that are transitory. And I bless them, Lord, with your name, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And if you believe that this word has reached your heart and can be a blessing to others, I invite you that you send this link of God of Covenants Christian Center to other people, wherever they may be. Blessings. A big hug to everyone. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in the social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos Florida. We hope this message has edified you. And please share with others. Have a wonderful day.